You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Casting live from Studio 34 in Midtown Manhattan. Just doing it like we're doing it on the weekday. Fantasy Executive actually in studio today. But it is the weekend edition of the Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio coming up over the course of the next hour or so. Talk a little fantasy football, which obviously as we get closer and closer to kick off for the 2018 season. So about a month from now, everybody will be on the clock drafting, getting hot and heavy into it. So we got to start to advance the discussion and advance the conversation. And joining me today to help me do that is my man, George Kurtz. George, what's good with you, buddy? Good afternoon, Corey. Uh, what's good? You know, went to Vegas earlier this week, Corey. So uh, what's up? I'm in transition back. To oh, you're feeling good, Vegas huh? Earlier this week. How'd that go? Yeah, so I'm in. Tr- uh, it was a little warm. A little All right, toasty, well, it's always Vegas. yeah. But it uh, but it went well. It was it was a good trip. Did you put a couple dollars down on something? I'm a poker player. Okay. So I actually I played a, played a couple of poker tournaments. That's what I did. Uh, and yes, I put a couple of dollars down on you know. Uh, certain things for uh, fun things, prop bets more than anything. else. NFL futures and stuff like that, right? Correct. Over unders. Mm. How did I? How did you? What did you? Did you uh, involve our Dallas Cowboys in that mix? No, I don't believe in jinxing my own team. I agree. You know, I'm tough so, with that. Uh, I stay. Mm-hmm. I stay here in Dallas. No, I didn't. Uh, I went. Uh, it's funny. You guys heard you mentioning on the earlier show the uh, worst team. Uh, Buffalo was one of the teams, and I, I think they are the worst team in the NFL. So I, I uh, went against them. Okay. That doesn't. I don't mind that. My. I. I think it's Miami. Buffalo could definitely be in that conversation also. So um. Good times. How did you do in the poker tournaments, if you don't mind me asking? I did very well in the poker, t- poker nice. tournaments. I'm, glad to hear that. I'm a good poker player and don't drink, so that always helps too. I'll make the right decisions, hopefully. So you can just sit down there. How, how, how long at, uh, at, uh, average uh, poker game in Vegas lasts? It really depends. The one I was at uh, did last three hours, which was unusual because it was uh, fifteen minute levels, which means the blinds are going up very quickly. Which means you probably, I probably should have played more aggressive, which should have lead to a, should have led to possibly an early, uh, earlier exit. So uh, it all depends on the levels. If they're uh, longer levels with longer chips, you can play for a long time. It's why I like playing poker, because you you, know, you put out a certain amount of money. That's the most you can lose. Whatever the buy-in is, a hundred bucks, and you know you're gonna play for a few hours. So you know, uh, you know, even if things go wrong, you're not gonna, you're not gonna lose more than that hundred bucks. So, yeah, I mean, uh, tell you what, George, really I got a, a, a buddy of mine who uh, likes to play poker. Also, I mean, he'll go to the spot, you know, eleven, twelve o'clock at night, and leave out the spot eleven, twelve o'clock in the morning, twelve hours straight, just in there going for it. Uh, my, my brother can do blackjack like that. Really? He'll just sit at the same table, smoking his cigarettes, having his drink, and playing blackjack. It's, I like blackjack, Corey. But if you play it right, you're told what to do. There's really no thinking. Yeah. You know, what is the deal at? Dealer has a, a six? Okay, then you got to hit until you get 17 or higher. Dealer has a, a, a face card showing a 10, you pretty much go for bust. If he has a six, then you stop and hope he busts. It's just, uh, I, don't, I don't think there's much thinking in blackjack, so I, I'd much rather play poker. All right, so there you go. You in for those poker marathons, those eight, nine-hour marathons? You that kind of poker player? Uh, not on this trip. Wife was with me, so oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I'd be yeah, coming yeah. back alone if I did that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I was allowed to. I was allowed to do one fantasy draft while I was down there, and uh, I did that with the Rotowire guys and uh, one poker tournament. Okay, and that was uh, that was the deal. Everything else. But they they, they were live out there that weekend, that last weekend. The Rotowire guys, or oh, you did it online? Yes. No, it was, it was live live draft. They uh, they do this trip every year. I did not know so, that. So uh, I was I was out there. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was it was fun. It was a good trip. Nice. How you like your team in the fantasy league? How'd that come out? It came out okay, Corey. I uh, I did make. A, well, I don't think I made a mistake. I was just caught off guard. Uh, it's one quarter. You know, it's, just, it's a standard league, so Jake Seeley would be happy. And uh, one quarterback league. And uh, I, I like to wait on quarterback, Corey. I know. You know. So uh, I'm waiting. Uh, it's we're in round ten, and Chris Liss and I are the only two that don't have a quarterback yet. Just Chris and I, but there are six, seven quarterbacks left. I'm talking Rossberger still there, Rivers, uh, Matt Ryan, and several other guys that I'd be more than happy to go with. And like I said, it's just Chris List and I don't have a quarterback, so I think I'm set. So in round 10, I don't draft the quarterback. I forget who I drafted, a running back, whatever. And uh, so and I, I have the fifth pick, so it's got a long way to come back to me. And immediately after I uh, – and Chris didn't take a quarterback either at six. But immediately after we went – Quarterbacks started flying off the board. Everyone seemed to all of a sudden wanted to take backup quarterbacks. 
And as soon as I saw this, I'm like, oh, crap. Here we go. You know, I knew I was going to get screwed out of this. And sure enough, by the time it came back to me, Chris had the pick before me. And there was only one quarterback left I wanted. And that was Matt Ryan. That's the only guy I thought was left of a, worthy of a QB. And I think Matt Ryan's going to have a good year, oh, George. Sort of why I really wanted him. And uh, you know, I hear Chris going, oh, I'm going to take a quarterback here. I'm like, uh, you know, we got the stickers. And I see him looking through the stickers. And he's going far down. I'm like, oh, man, he's going to the R's. And sure enough, he takes Matt Ryan. So uh, I got stuck with uh, Alex Smith. So I wasn't thrilled about that. Waiting on a quarterback ended up biting me in the ass. Did you get a second? I did. I felt I had to. Who'd you get? Since I had Alex Smith, I got Eli Manning uh, about <sighs> three rounds later. Don't like it. You know, and that kind of leads me to where I think we uh, wanted to, where I wanted to get started at today. Man, George, I am getting really warmed up to, uh, you know, maybe not going into the league with Mitchell Trubisky as a starter, but definitely as a quarterback, too, a guy to put on your roster at the end of the draft. And I think Trubisky could pop this year. I've been reading some stuff on this Chicago Bears offense and what Matt Nagy plans to do. So, obviously, everybody's going to compare it to Jared Goff's rise last year when he gets the new head coach, Slap Austin, offensive coordinator. You know, you get rid of guys like John Fox and these not these, you know, these get some new innovative minds in there and kind of build the team around the young quarterback strength. I think Trubisky could be a player on the uptick. I don't mind snatching him late, George. I certainly wouldn't take him as a quarterback one. Mm-hmm. I love what the Bears have done with their offense. You know, I keep saying the Bears look like, look like a legitimate offense. Yeah, I mean, you and I are about the same age. When was the last time you could remember? I mean, honestly, remember the Bears having a solid quarterback, solid running back, Solid wide receivers and a solid tight end. I don't ever – the I last mean, solid wide right, receiver ever? the Bears had was Willie Galt. You know what I mean? That's right. that's how bad it, Curtis Conway until he tore his knee up in Philadelphia. Uh, the, the, Bears are, the Bears have been called – the Bears have been – for years now, the Bears organization has been called a place where wide receivers go to die. Brandon Marshall had some success in Chicago, obviously, and Alshon Jeffrey with Jay Cutler that period. They were there, but that wasn't an extended period of time. It's just for, for decades, it's not been a – a good place for offensive players to go, really outside of the tight end position. Yeah, I mean, it's just funny. For me, it's like to have all, all the positions at once, it is all set up for Trubisky to, make, to take that next step in his uh, progression, right? To be, uh, I don't want to say upper echelon quarterback, okay? I'm not putting that much pressure on him. But to be a legitimate NFL quarterback. Now, I understand people are thinking, oh, Windy City, tough to throw there in December. And a lot of that's true. We've seen the weather there be crazy. Maybe that's why wide receivers do go to die there. But I'm liking everything I see out of Chicago on the offensive side of the ball. I agree with you. And I think most of them, well, 90% of them are coming at, at good draft prices. So as a team, I want to try to break down and discuss a little bit more today. Obviously, if you're getting ready for your draft, if you're listening live, telephone lines is open, 844-843-6879. Uh, me and George would love to help you. Um, get ready for your draft, talk some keepers. If you already know what pick you got in draft, we can walk you through that. So once again, that telephone number is 844-843-6879. So I'm going to spend a lot of time on the Bears today, but now I'm going to go back to the Vegas trip because I think that's more fun. You know what I mean? And so I want to know more uh, yeah, about I, the- I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who'd you get in the running backs in that league with our uh, listen to boys? I had the fifth overall pick. Uh, it went... Barkley? Pretty much like I thought it would go. Uh, I got Barkley, yes. Very good. Uh, I know Craig, Craig said Chris List is a big giant fan. He was right after me, and I knew he was going to want to take Barkley. Uh, he ended up taking uh, Kareem Hunt. I did. If it would have been a PPR league, Corey, would, uh, would you have taken Antonio Brown in a PPR? Oh, I don't know. Without a doubt. Still there. Without a doubt, right. I'm taking Antonio Brown in a PPR. I still gave him some thought at five and a standard. I don't I blame you. Thought. He can catch 1,400 you know, yards, but, uh, score nine, right. ten I mean, touchdowns. The man's, the man's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just fantastic. But in the end, I decided... Uh, like most drafts, if I don't take a running back here, I'm probably going to be screwed. You know, and, and it went running back crazy, a standard league as well. Mm-hmm. So I felt I had no choice to grab a running back there. I did grab Barkley. And a guy I ended up, I think, let's take him in the second round. I'm, I'm ending up with this guy in a lot of leagues. Corey. I think every league so far that's a, a, a live league, maybe some mocks I didn't, but every live league I've been in so far, I'm ending up with Darius Geis, and I caught him again. Right, you, got, you didn't pull him up to the second, though, did you? Uh, it may have been the third round. I may have taken Ooh, a receiver second that's round. Really? I guess the running backs were flying off the board, so that's why he that's why he went in the third, and then obviously this is a more standard, standard and then this is and, obviously and a more... 14-team 14, 14 league. Ooh, yeah, so I definitely see him in the third, a 14-team. Why, why is this league standard, not PPR? Uh, that's, uh, I believe it was, I don't want to say it for sure, but I think it was Tim Shuler who was, or, or could have been Peter Shanky, who was just railed, I guess they're, they're on Jake Seeley's bandwagon, man. Yeah, they didn't want, not want PPR. It was not put up for a vote. 
and just said, this is, this is stairs, what we're doing. So, uh, you know, what are you going to do? I, I would rather play PPR, but they were dead set against it. All right, there you go right there. I agree with you on that one. But listen, that, I guess they want to take some of that onus off, you know, the Julian Edelman type uh, 11 receptions for 11 yards and stuff like that. And obviously PPR, running back, catch a pass behind the line of scrimmage. He gets a point for that. So people that rail against the PPR, and those are some of the things that they look at. Who would you take in the second round of this draft? Uh, in, like I said, like, and my top receiver, I believe, was T.Y. T. Hilton. They haven't posted it. This director's not Okay, you don't game, even. So they haven't all right, posted cool. it yet. So I don't remember. I know I ended up with T.Y. Hilton, so I would assume I like that. Uh, he was, I'm, he's, he's another guy. I'm ending up with the same team in a lot of leagues, Corey. I, I think this happens a lot because T.Y. Hilton is always there for me late in the second round or early in the third. And I believe that Andrew Luck is going to be back, that he'll be fine. Yeah, so I, uh, I ended up with T.Y. Hilton. My, my top three picks, I don't re- exactly remember the order, but I'm pretty sure. Well, I know Barkley was one. Uh, T.Y. Hilton and Darius Geis, I'm pretty sure were the next two. There might have been somebody in there, uh, but I don't think so. All right, so that's good. I like to start right there. Um, that you T.Y. Hilton is one of the players that I look at, and I'm like, okay, listen, this guy right here is living in the third round of drafts right now. When Andrew Luck, you know, people see that Andrew Luck is healthy, you might see a miraculous rise of T.Y. Hilton's ADP. But if it kind of stays where it was at because he had that down year last year without Luck, I think you jump on it as much as can. I don't mind having close to 75% exposure throughout the course of my leagues because a healthy Andrew Lux makes T.Y. Hilton a top five fantasy uh, wide receiver without a doubt. Yeah, it, that's even money right there. Hilton had a solid season last year with yeah. nobody throwing him the ball, right? Percent. Luck. Right? It, it really comes down to what you believe about Luck. I believe Luck, I don't want to say he's 100% healthy, but I believe he's going to start and play, and he's better than anything else they've, uh, they have there. So I think that connection is going to go back to being maybe, let's say, let's say 90% of what it was. 90%. Okay. All right. I don't have a problem with that. I think he jumps right back up in, in that mix also um, with, with no issues, George. So... I am liking T.Y. Hilton this year. I have him on a couple of teams also myself. Let me ask you this to bring, back to bring it back to the Bears thing. Would you rather, if you had to take one, T.Y. Hilton or Allen Robinson, which one would it be? T.Y. Hilton. I, I think that's uh, 10 times out of 10, easy. or would you diversify? You know, normally I would probably diversify. This time I think uh, I'll say 9 out of 10. Nice. Maybe one league I decide to go to because I want some share of Allen. It's not that I don't believe in Allen Robinson. But I really do believe in T.Y. Hilton. I think he's going to have a, a very good season. I mean, if I'm going to play devil's advocate, the reasons against Allen Robinson, well, you know, he is coming off the ACL. You know, and uh, I, I've had that, uh, that surgery. Uh, obviously, he got better, uh, better care. But what they say is true. It does take two years before you feel perfectly normal. He can play fine. But I don't know if he can uh, be the same player he was right away. He is playing in Chicago. It is a, a second-year quarterback. It's just easier for me to go with T.Y. I think T.Y. Hilton's great. Like I said, uh, he played well last year without Luck. Luck. I do believe Luck's coming back. That was a big factor in this. If I didn't believe Luck was coming back, I wouldn't have done this. But I do believe Luck was coming back. And this draft was done before Indianapolis stated what they uh, stated about that uh, Luck would return. So it was always good to hear that. It's, it's really more of a strong belief in Hilton than a knock on Robinson. All right, there you go right there, 844-843-6879. Me, myself, personally... I would. I like both the players. I think Allen Robinson can have an. I'm telling you, I'm in on that Chicago Bear offense. We'll discuss Allen Robinson when I think he could do a little bit later on in it. In it, but um, when it comes to those two, I think I diversify almost down the board, fifty fifty. Definitely want to have a piece of both of them. No matter of fact, I already have a team with T. Y. Hilton and Allen Robinson on it. It was an auction league, so I was able to purchase both players. So um, and it, how long and, that take? Huh? How long the auction take? We did. It, we did it. We did it slow. We did a slow auction where we oh, okay. nominate okay. players okay. a day and they sit on the board for 24 hours. We actually got it done in, I believe, eight days. So, um, wow. I got, um, McCa- I got, I got Kamara. It's a 14 team auction. I got Kamara and McCaffrey. And I was able to, and I think I put my wide receivers together pretty good too. Allen Robinson, T.Y. Hilton, and I, and I, and I was able to hop in on Kelvin Benjamin. I know the Benjamin player is not, you know, he has to clearly finish in the, in the top 30. For me to hit value on that Benjamin, but I pay, I played twelve I played twelve bucks out of a two hundred dollar budget for him, so I think it's a fitting wide receiver three right there. You think that's all worthwhile? The twelve dollars or two hundred dollar budget? The twelve, yeah, for, for uh, Calvin Benjamin. Yeah, how much did Kamara go for? I think that's what a lot of people want to know in these. I keep getting questions about auctions. Uh, I know on the Slack channel about how much the top running back is going to go for, how much they should pay. But I guess 
I'll ask you the question they asked me. For the top running backs, the Kamaras, you know, the Elliots, Johnsons, Bells, uh, Gurley, what's the maximum you would pay, and how much does Kamara go for in your league? I got in the 14 team PPO, I got Kamara for 49, which I felt was a bargain. I felt it that is a was bargain. a bargain. I can't believe that. I felt that was a bargain. Forty nine. He didn't. He didn't hit the fifty dollar threshold. So he went for forty nine and a fourteen teamer. Now the big dogs, you know, they're gonna they're gonna touch sixty, push a little bit past sixty. I would, and hopefully not too many people that I'll be auctioning with in a couple in about a month from now are not in this. But you know what? If they're listening, I'll make them wait through the break to tell you what I would do with those top running backs, and I'll let you know how it went down. Um, how it went down in the draft. Take you know. With some of the uh, players, but you don't really play in too many auctions league. I want to spend a good bit of time today on auctions, George. But I was like, I know George said you don't do too many football auctions. I am not. I rarely invited to a football auction because uh, that's why I asked you about the time. I avoid baseball auctions because they just take forever. Yeah, and it's six hours of my life I can't get back. Uh, but a football auction, I'm just not. Uh, I think I, I would probably do it a football auction because I don't think it would be as long, shorter rosters here. So that's why I was curious about how long it took you. Well, when we come back, I'll break down some of the practices with you. Also get back into the Chicago Bear offense. The Andrew Luck thing has also been a topic this week. And I got to tell you about your boy Scott Engel and Ricky Seals-Jones of the Arizona Cardinals. Fantasy football frenzy right here on FNTSY. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844 844- 843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Fantasy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition, FNTSY Radio, the exec, my man George Kurtz. I was in the city, so I decided to come down and do the show from Studio 34. It wasn't uh, normally Sunday mornings when I do the weekend program. I'm hungover. Not the case today. I was able to get out to bed good and early, head down into Manhattan, said, you know what, let me hop in the studio and talk with, uh, check out Sean Engel and hop on with my man George Kurtz, do it live from Studio 34. So I'm bringing Sean on the program a little bit later on, too. Um, George, what's good with you, Bob, man? I'm so happy that you drafted this team in Las Vegas. I hope you take that thing down. Because I've been, I've been trying to get in one of those rotor wire. They got the, a league called the Stake League, right? But they was yes. like, you got to be in Vegas to do it. And I've always been like, oh, I, I didn't got to know when y'all out there and stuff like that. Because I always talk big trash to Chris Liss. Chris Liss, uh, he, he eliminated me in the poker tournament. Uh, oh, wow. So- <laughs> Uh, I had him, Corey. I had him twice. I had his, uh, I had his goose cooked. I King Jack the King three, and he caught threes twice. Caught a set of threes to it to beat me, and then he finally eliminated me when I had Ace Deuce. Uh, he didn't have an ace. I forget what he had. You know, whatever uh, King Ten, and he caught. I didn't. So uh, he was luckier than I was in that tournament. Chris, a great guy, by the way. Yeah, no doubt about it. He doesn't live in the states no more. That's correct, right? Oh, uh, you know, I didn't, didn't ask him. Didn't realize. Mm-hmm. I don't believe he lives in the states yeah. anymore. I think he lives in. I think he might, he might live in. In I don't know. I do, I just know. I'm pretty certain he does not live in the United States no more. Uh, I did, did not know that. No, I talked to Chris for a while, but that never. He used to uh, be an Islander fan. Had no idea about that. I didn't know that either. Wow. And I yeah, because he used to be here in the city. They all I think all, all of them they used to live in the city at one point. But uh, I said it was a, it was a lot of fun hanging out with these guys. And as for being, I don't drink, so I, I don't know the hungover part. But my wife knows it very well. This <laughs> your wife had a good time last night, huh? You was babysitting, huh? All your y'all go out together. No, we went out together, okay. and uh, let's just say uh, she didn't make it home in uh, in one piece. I don't understand this, all right? Driving home, and you know, she's sick. That's, that's fairly obvious. She mixed the drinks. Not, not, a good, uh, not a good time for her. The window's open. 
She has a bag, yet still manages to throw up the, in, the in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. You know, it's raining outside, and you know it's midnight, and I got to go clean the car. Yeah, no, nah, that's uh, nasty. Oh, oh yeah, that rain was nasty last night too. That rain. Yeah, well, we needed it, right? Yeah, now we did. Yeah, good. Listen, I um, I I came out to um, get me a sandwich and a brewski before I wrapped it up. And when I came back, uh, when I, I had no clue. I went outside, and I'm like, oh, man. Then you don't feel like going back inside because I had to, I had to uh, flip-flops on, and I'm like, oh, God, now my feet are going to get wet. So I walked halfway, like, no, I'll just tough it out. Then I was like, I look like a fool walking out here with flip-flops on and just raining outside. So I went back in the crib. So other than that, that's how I had to deal with the rain last night. Um, So anyway, that is neither here nor there. We get back into some of those conversations a little bit later on. We had mentioned um Andrew Luck. Being cleared this week, I heard uh, the latest I heard was he will sit the first seven games, the first seven days of training camp. He will not throw. Then after that, he's ready to rock and roll. No limitations, no pup list. A fresh Andrew Luck, ready to go. And listen, I, I I've always said at some point this is going to be a fifty to fifty-five touchdown throwing quarterback. It may not happen this year, right off the back, and they probably got to get still got to improve some pieces on that offense. But um, I'm in on Andrew Luck. I'm in on Andrew Luck. I got him in. I'm, I'm, is he going to be some exposure to Andrew Luck? I'm not ready to say I'm going to have Andrew Luck and no other quarterback on any team. If I draft Andrew Luck, I am going to come back. But the guys I like late, like Dak, like Trubisky, and um, also like um, maybe I even see uh, I take a fly on Jameis Winston. So, you know, for a month or so in, if Luck is not looking right, I could pop Jameis right in the joint. How you are evaluating Andrew Luck? You think you have any exposure this year, George? I actually have nothing to add to what you said. All right, so good. I agree with you right. 100%. So I talked too long. That's exactly long. how I would approach it. I apologize. I, I was long-winded. Excuse me. No, no, no. I agree. You said it perfectly. You said it perfectly. I, 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 Andrew Luck is now a quarterback one for me. <clears throat> so I have no problem drafting him. But if I do draft him, I will be taking a second quarterback. Yeah. Just to cover myself. Just to cover myself in case I'm wrong. You know, let's face it. I trust the Indianapolis Colts medical staff about as much as I trust the New York Mets medical staff. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm oh, sure either one knows what the hell's going on. Yeah, the Mets medical staff, the player be at his locker, hold it, you know, in a scrum at his locker and be like, yeah, I'm having surgery. And everybody on the Mets be like, what? <laughs> you, when, who, who said who? You know what I mean? So, yeah. Hey, not right quick, though. You know, on assessment, it's like, come on, man. This team is 30 games below 500. Y'all think I'm sitting up here and play throughout this heat in New York City? You got to be kidding me, Jack. I'm getting surgery. I'll see y'all next year. When do I hit the open market? He's going to be out eight to ten months. Why isn't he out already then, getting the surgery? If you have it now, at least you might return by April or May. You know, if you don't have it, you're going to be out all next. But then it gets the Mets. It's just it's, the Mets. Exactly. It is. Just it's the gift that keeps on giving. So there you go right there. Uh, Ryan Grant in Indianapolis. Any any interest? We know Hilton's a beast. They got Doyle and Ebron. I think Ebron can be interesting. I want to see how they use those two. Um, cause they, 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 you know, we've seen years in the past that I could use a two tight end set. Andrew Luck learning a new offense for the first time in a while. Does that scare you a little bit, George? Or um, Give me your analysis on where Ryan Grant is in this situation. And what you think about those tight ends? Well, assuming that luck plays, all right. We, I already said I like T.Y. Hilton. Someone else has to catch balls there, so someone else is going to be valuable. The question is who. You know, it does make sense that it will be Ryan Grant, but to say I trust him, Corey, I think he's the guy where late in the draft, you know, assuming you're in a 16 round draft, 15 oh. and 16, taking a kicker in your D, right? Dollar, make your holler, round 14, throw some mud on the wall, see if it sticks. If it doesn't. You go grab the hot wave away a guy in week one, week two. That's the way I'm going to approach Ryan Grant. I do think someone else ends up being valuable there. I think the odds are in favor is Grant, so I'll take him late. But I'm fully aware that, hey, I don't like what I see. It's obviously, be the small, small sample size. You may only give him a game or two. But you don't like what you see, you move on. You think Des Bryant could be looking at this situation in Indianapolis saying, hmm, let me see what happens when camp starts and see if this guy really is healthy. Maybe there's a situation I can hop over there a weaker AFC, a healthy Andrew Luck, myself and T.Y. Hilton, maybe we could put something together and make this one of the better offenses in the AFC. You think Des Bryant could possibly be thinking that? I think he sort of fits there, right? T.Y.'s more of a and, deep guy, speed guy, where Des more of a uh, possession receiver at this point. You know, big jump guy in the in the red zone. Because T.Y., for as good as he is, he's not a great red zone threat, not unless he runs in a 60-yard catch. He can do that you know, a lot. Des would be that red zone threat. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, I would think he'd be a match here, whether, whether or not they want to – 
Corey, I got to keep thinking that there's something going on in the NFL where Des must have a terrible reputation. Because this doesn't make any sense. It's July 22nd, and he's still not signed. He's not the player he used to be. No, but he's not done either. And I, I, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I think it could be some of, of his own thinking, too. I think it could be a situation where he is like, okay, let me sit back, me and my agent, let me sit back and see. Now, here's the thing. Andrew Luck doesn't mind throwing interceptions. And that's what you have to be to throw the football to Des Bryant. It's going to be contested throws with Des Bryant. He's not going to be wide open, wide open. Andrew Luck don't mind firing that 50-50 ball. Dak Prescott did. Oh, you're absolutely right. Tony Romo didn't mind it either. Exactly. Yeah, he understood how to Those guys it. got their money already. Dak Prescott hasn't gotten his money yet. You know what I'm saying? Dak Prescott can't throw interceptions yet. Well, that was the knock on Kirk Cousins in Washington, too, that he was being too careful with the ball because he was trying to protect his payday. And now that he got it, then he'll open it up more in Minnesota. So I think there is something to that, absolutely. I also wonder what Des, he stated over and over again, he pretty much wants a one-year deal, a one-year make-good deal, try and get big money again next season. Yep. And uh, although if I'm a team, I like that because you probably don't have to pay him full price. You pay him an on Jeffrey Sally from last year, maybe six, seven million. And you get a guy who's going to go balls out to have a big year, do everything you want to do so he can get paid ne- <laughs> next year. Yeah. I guess teams are just, I guess we're, we're waiting for that, you know, I don't want to hope, hopefully it doesn't happen, but, you know, when years back when Jordy Nelson tore his ACL in, in camp, Kelvin Benjamin did the same thing. I think we're waiting for that. Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, you do probably. Would see something like that happening. See, uh, yeah, that, and that 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 that's the Golden State Warrior mentality. The one, uh, the one, the one and one. The one, the one year prove it, and then re up again the next year. The one year prove it, then re up again the next year. Rather than just you know uh, tying to play in the long term deals, Des Bryant has already been on a long term deal. He's kind of set in his NFL career and stuff like that, so he can play on that type of deal. And if he cashes out and has a, you know, you really don't see the guy that with a one year deal cash out again. Michael Vick did it obviously. Michael Vick got two one hundred million dollar contracts. George, crazy, right? Quarterback, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, the you're right. Sam Bradford's made. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The money. He's done nothing, Corey. I mean, nothing except get hurt. Yeah, quarterbacks get paid. They just do. Uh, I, I don't know how you feel. You know, I have no problem railing against athletes, but I like this. I, this is something about the man that I've always liked. You know, uh, for maybe because of, I guess, his upbringing that he had to fight through, so what Michael Irvin did. I understand Irvin sort of went off the deep end there, but Des really hasn't. You know, uh, the fact that, he, that we see him screaming on the sidelines, everybody's doing this. That doesn't bother me unless you're, you're going uh, really overboard. I don't think he ever really went I don't overboard. think he ever went overboard. Motivational. Yep. Right. I don't think so either. So that's why I keep wondering, and I think you, you brought up a great point. Maybe this is more on Dez, that he's waiting for this perfect situation, the one-year deal. Maybe he wants to play for a winning team. You know, the Ravens did offer him a three-year deal. He turned it down, didn't want to play. You know, once again, what's the one-year-and-go deal? But I do wonder if this is uh, maybe more on Dez because he's looking for that perfect situation that just hasn't arisen yet. Yep, so that could be the case right there for Dez Bryant. Um, moving back to the Chicago Bears situation. I man, George, I tell you what, Jordan Howard, bro. I, I'm looking at Jordan Howard, and I'm like, he, every day he's growing on me every day. And listen, this first two years in the league, I was like, I do not want a three-yard in the cloud of dust running back on my team. Truth of the matter is he is not a three-yard in the cloud of dust running back. Like this offense, buying into this offense that came out today, uh, Matt Nagy, and said that he does look like that, that Jordan Howard is definitely a three-down running back. Obviously, they're going to want to work him into the passing game a little more this year. I don't know how much I believe that with Tariq Cohen already being a specialist in that area. But I do think there's an opportunity for Jordan Howard to be a player that – that um you know drafted as a you know high RB two back into the RB ones, but finished solidly as an RB one. I mean, uh, a couple of leagues I boarded with Jordan Howard last year didn't work out well for me. Uh, I loved you know the fact that they're saying he give me more than a first and second down back. That's great. Yeah, but that's all. Uh, I don't think it matters if he can catch the ball. You got Tariq Cohen. You know he does it better. Right? He's a threat. He has to be on the field in third down obvious passing situations. So I. I I'm not going to raise my rankings on Howard just because of what I'm hearing here. I mean, uh, I know one, one saying I love to say is, when can you tell a coach is lying? When his lips move. There you go. You know, so uh, I don't buy any of that. That being said, uh, and last year we were drafting Howard in pretty much the end of round one. I don't. I certainly don't have him that uh, that high this year, but he's, he's a second-round running back, probably a low-end running back one, high-end running back two. I was probably mad at him at the last season because I think he cost me a couple of leagues. But I'm slowly but surely getting back on board here that he's going to have a big season, mainly because I, I just love what Chicago's done. 
Yeah, so there you go right there. Would you have took if if he was on the board in that 14 team standard when you took Darius Geis, would you have took Jordan Howard? Yes, yes, I have Howard ranked. He wasn't available uh when I took Geis. I have Howard uh, ranked I think at 14. Geis is 18. Right, 844-8436-879. Hey, uh, Darrell Rebus retired this week, George, and it's, I found it interesting. I'm going to kick this out to you right now, a little bit on the spot. How much money has Darrell Re- did Darrell Rebus make in his NFL career? You know, it's funny. When you, when you say Darrell Rebus to me, I think of two things. Rebus Island, of course, uh-huh. and that he was one of the few players, Bradford being another one, who maximized his money. You know, a very smart man. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was his agent, but I, I, I got to give some credit to Revis as well. Maximized his money in the NFL. Uh, I don't know a figure here. I'll, I will guess. Um, $124 million. You nailed it. Okay, so I guess I did know then. <laughs> you nailed it. $124 million and as a cornerback that played 11 years. You're absolutely Good correct. For him. He he figured it out. I mean, you look at some. Of, I'm looking through uh, this, the the contracts he assigned. A lot of times on his one year deal, sixteen million, seventeen million, twenty million, fourteen million. This guy got. Don't get me wrong. When he was out there, he was the best of the best of what he was doing. Obviously, towards the end, he dropped off terribly. But listen, he rocked on those one year deals, and he made those teams pay him. He did. Listen. Uh, I mean, I'm a baseball, I'm a hockey guy, football guy. I know we knock the, pl- the money these players make, but I-, I have a hard time doing it for football players. Yep. Because, man, their body takes a beating. I understand he's a cornerback, so he's not a lineman, not a running back guy who really get beat up. But uh, it's just hard for them. Their body's going to change. I'm glad he was able to maximize his revenue. You know, I- I'd much rather see the money go to the players than the owners. So uh, <laughs> and he was a great, play- great player to watch. I-, I assume he's a future Hall of Famer. I don't, I don't think there's any really much doubt yeah, I about I think he's that. a Hall of Famer so, also. Uh, Right, and uh, uh, he probably should have left before last season, but I'm glad he left before his play really declined. He just wasn't the same player anymore. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was, uh, it was getting bad. He would become a guy that you stay away from to a, a guy that you uh, go after. Uh, more contract drama in the NFL this week. Julio Jones on uh, the Falcons came out and said, sorry, buddy. We're not, you know, I'm sorry. Listen, you and your agent, y'all came in there. Y'all sat down. Y'all signed it two years ago. We're not playing that game with you this year. Rodney may be more on the wall in this situation. Only $2.5 million left. Only $2.5 million of guaranteed money on Jones' contract this year. Could very well be the last year for Julio Jones in Atlanta. I can see those two parting ways with no more uh, long-term money on the deal. Julio getting up in age, but still a dynamic, talented wide receiver. You see they bring in the young man Calvin Ridley this year. I don't want to say he's an heir apparent to Julio Ridley, more of a slot flanker with uh, you know, um, Julio, your true outside uh, wide receiver. With that being said, uh, no money for Julio. And I think that you see Julio Jones uh, the Tuesday night before the season starts. It's the first time you'll see Julio Jones in Atlanta. Yeah, Julio's in a different situation than, like, Le'Veon Bell. You know, Le'Veon Bell got franchised. They couldn't come to an agreement. I think that's really more on Bell than Pittsburgh. They offered him a hell of a lot of money for a running back, uh, but he wants to be paid more as a, uh, what elite offensive weapon. The problem for Jones is he's got three years left on that deal. And you and I discussed this before. I mean, think about it. I go to you, you know, hey, Mr. Parson, pay me, please. And you go, hey, I got three years. You got three years left on your deal. If I pay you, I'm going to have 10 other guys coming with the same problem. It's a bad precedent. I understand Julio Jones is a great player. Once again, Hall of Famer. You know, works great with Matt Ryan, great in the offense. Falcons, good team. But it's a precedent they're not going to set. They're just not going to do it. Not three years left. Maybe next offseason, even that's pushing it with two years left. Generally, you get something done with one year left. And you look at Aaron Rodgers, best, one of the best, if not the best player in the game. He has a year left. They still haven't redone his deal. They will, but it wasn't like he could have done it two years ago either. It's just, uh, it's bad timing for Jones. He got $47 million guaranteed in his last contract. I understand the contracts really aren't all that fair in the NFL. The, the owners could cut you at any time, and you get nothing. But uh, this is one he's going to have to wait at least another year or two. Yeah, and don't see it happening. If, he, if they do re-up it this year, it'd be something short that they can get out of quickly, kind of a farewell-type deal, or I could see um, these two uh, sides parting ways, especially with only $2.5 million in guaranteed money in that contract for this season. Julio Jones is out, currently outside of the top five paid wide receivers in the NFL. 
he is the sixth highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. So definitely that's not a, that is not sitting right with him. When we come back on the other side, continue to look at and talk about and break down some of this Chicago Bear defense. I mean, excuse me, this new Chicago Bear offense. Already got a couple of pieces out the way with Mitch Trubisky and Jonathan Howard. So we're going to continue to examine this offense, which we think can be a place where you can find some uh, value at in fantasy Tom teams this year. Also, we'll get you the latest news on LaShawn McCoy. You know how that situation is working out in Buffalo. Fantasy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition right here on FNTSY. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. FNTSY Radio, the fantasy exec, and George Kurtz hanging with you on the weekend, getting you ready for fantasy football season in 2018. No better way to do that than subscribe to the Roto Experts exclusive edge package for 2018. It's live and lit now over at rotoexperts.com. Obviously, the highlight of the experience is the all-in kid, Jake Seeley, his rankings. He is the rankings accuracy expert. I think, and he's hitting the top five of this thing for like four of the last five years. So definitely one of the top pre-draft rankers, one of the top weekly rankers in the business, the all-in kid, Jake Seeley. His work exclusively at rotoexperts.com. Sign up for the 2018 season. Use the promo code ALLINKID. George, what's the latest thing you wrote in Exclusive Edge Package? God, I think I've written seven columns in that package. The latest one, I don't even know if I know what the latest one. I think uh, I wrote alternative scoring systems. Which uh, sounds weird, but it's really just anything other than a PPR standard. So Superflex, two uh, quarterback leagues, IDP leagues. Uh, right now, Corey, I'm big. Uh, I- I'd like to get rid of kickers and defenses. All together. If you don't want to play IDP, right, just, just add flexes in. I- I'm tired of those. I just get tired, Corey, of every time when someone asks us, when do you drop the quarterback? Oh, wait till round 10. You know, when do you drop the kicker? Round 16. Defense, round 15. When it's that easy, then we should be doing something about it. We should make the game more... Uh, more strategic. That's why I like Superflex leagues. It makes it fun. Scott Fishbowl. You may have to take a quarterback in round one now or round two. You know, how do you want to build your team? You know, I think that's. I think it's more fun. I think it's. I think it's a better way of going about things. Right there, you go right there. You heard it from the man himself, George Kurtz. So, if that's your style of play, get on over right now. RotoExperts.com. Once again, that promo code is all in kid. So the latest on Shady McCoy. Um, story came out this week. They got some. Um, some tapes of some 911 calls made by LaShawn McCoy saying this is last July that he wanted the young lady out of his home, that he was scared that he told on, on a 911 call, he says, my name is LaShawn McCoy. I play for the Buffalo Bills. I don't want any drama. I'm afraid she's going to try to set me up and get me in trouble. And as far as the young lady and her uh, lawyers, they have tried to kind of walk back the accusate uh, bluntly outright accusing him. Now they're saying they just didn't say that. We're hearing less and less about this story, uh, George Kurtz, because it's starting to turn more and more in LaShawn McCoy's favor. Yeah, I mean, you, listen, you hope it's not true. I mean, that, that he didn't, wasn't involved in this. Uh, the 911 call, I guess you can take it which way you want it. It could be McCoy covering himself, you know, because he knew something was going to happen, or it could be McCoy setting up a, uh, you know, an excuse. It was over a year hey, ago, though. I, yeah, I mean, it'd be a long con. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it depends on which way you want to go here. Though Them walking it back is interesting. Why? Why are they walking it back? Does that mean he definitely had nothing to do with this? I mean, is there some legal ramifications of her accusing him? They, I think it's you know, legal ramifications. Thing, I think I think he can do something assume, to her. Right? Yep. Defamation. Right, he can probably sue her for libel. Right? Libel defamation. Mm-hmm. So, and the other thing that, uh, I guess the most curious thing, assuming this is all true, we don't know what really what's true and what's not. If the only thing taken from her was the one thing McCoy wanted, 
Man, that's a big coincidence. That's the part that probably bothers me the most, assuming that's true, and we don't. You know, listen, we're not lawyers here. I think the question everybody wants to know is, and I asked this of Tony Sincati yesterday when he was on the show, is you're drafting. Would you draft McCoy? Where would you draft McCoy? And does it automatically mean you have to draft Chris Ivory as well? Here's the thing. This is how I look at it right now. But the ADPs are going to be too close together once we get hot and heavy in drafting if we have if we don't have some kind of, um, um, you know, definitive answer on this scenario. I, I think Sean McCoy is not involved with this thing at all. And I think all the evidence proves that, and I think he'll be cleared of, I think his name will be cleared for this thing. I think they may start to, they, they may, the NFL may also look into and dig into some other stuff in LaShawn McCoy, and that's what I worry about. But it's not going to be this big season-long suspension or this big lifetime ban for anything that he's done to this woman. I think he'll be exonerated on, on that front. I do think the NFL being the fourth branch of government is going to get in there and look around and maybe find something else. It's like, it's like these NFL players get accused of things. They get cleared. The NFL still goes after them, no kind of to validate the person. And, and, they're, and they're like, dude, I'm guilty. I'm innocent. I mean, listen, what, what is Cogadell called? You know, the, uh, the judge, jury, and executioner. Well, that's what he is. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I hope he's innocent. I, I truly do. I can tell you in the Road Wire draft, he went in round two. Yeah, people, they, know, they believe he's innocent that too. Being then. Si- uh, but look, there's a caveat here. He went around two, but he also went to the only person in that draft who is not in the industry. All right, it was okay. a, a girlfriend of one of the guys. All right, and she was she was playing in it. So, and we were, I think, it raised some eyebrows. You know, a lot of not a lot of comments. You know, oh, you're gonna be in jail. Da, 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 da. So, I don't think more. I don't think most of the people in the industry would have taken him there. You know, I know I wouldn't. Uh, Tony uh, mentioned yesterday he would take him in round three. So he's uh, still on board because I think the round three was really close to where he was going before this happened. Yeah, his, his value had stepped a little bit anyway. And let me ask you another question about this. I mean, forget all about this. Forget all the, you know, let's say this, these legal problems never happen. He's not going to be suspended. He's fine. Everything's going on here. Should we really care all that much anyway about McCoy? This Buffalo team, I mean, the passing offense is going to be bad, no matter who the quarterback is. Whether it's McCarron, you know, they can bring back Jim Kelly, you know, Joe Ferguson. It's not going to matter all that much right now. Teams are going to load up the box. And with Chris Ivey there, you have to figure at the very least, he's vulturing touchdowns. So I don't know how much value McCoy has as it oh, is. I wasn't going to draft him anyway. before this happened. Yeah. Right. I, I wasn't I was looking to grab many. Let someone else take him in round three. I don't think he's a running back one anymore. He's a I, – I probably would have – I think I've lowered him now to a mid-range running back two. Yeah, he had to slip for the, to the fifth round for me to look at him as an RB2, the fourth round, maybe on that four or five turn. Other than that, I can't really see myself – getting involved, not because of anything legally, but because of the unknown ability of the NFL to, you know, dictate their own suspensions and for the fact that it could be diminishing skills, not to mention the fact that team is going to be one of the worst in the NFL this year. So touchdowns will not be abundant, and then especially you'll have Chris Ivory in the backfield. So not in on Shady McCoy on that front, but I do think that he gets exonerated on on this latest thing right here. Um, So... Out of the Chicago Bears thing, George, you got Trubisky you can grab for a dollar late. Jordan Howard kind of lives on that 2-3 turn. I kind of think that's where he should be. Um, And I think you can actually get some value out of Howard there. Tariq Cohen, though, the third down back, caught 50 passes last year, a quiet 50 passes last year. You see what he does as far as his dynamic playability. People say that, well, you know, he's slight and you don't want him out there every play. That work cannot be consistent. This year, he's living in the, on that 5-6 turn. And I'm saying to myself, hmm, this might be the guy that might be a little bit too high-priced in this bear office. What do you think about Tariq Cohen on that 5-6 turn? You know, Corey, now once again, I'd only consider him PPR leagues, but that's, that's what you and I generally talk yeah. about. I think the hardest players to judge are the Tariq Cohens, the Chris Thompsons, the Giovanni Bernards of the world. You know, guys who clearly have a, a starting running back ahead of them, you know, a first and second down guy, and they're the pass catching back. They're hard to judge because you need them to catch 50 to 60 balls. You know, you know they're not going to be the goal line guy that's generally going to go to the starting running back, in this case, or Jordan Howard or Darius Geis or uh, I assume Joe Mixon. So the, the, you're not going to get, you know, you, how many how many eight-yard touchdown catches are you going to get from them? 12-yard touchdown catches, 18. You know, they're very hard to judge. But that being said, 
any running back with a pulse has value because there just aren't enough to go around. But they're so hard to judge. And these guys generally slip in drafts. So as much as we may say, Tariq Cohen's a fifth, sixth round guy, and I would agree because I think he is. I like Tariq Cohen a lot. Yeah, and we've also seen Cohen run some uh, routes out of the wide receiver uh, position as well. So I think that's valuable. But they, they seem to slip and drift because people don't want to take them because they see limited upside. Or they say, oh, not even not the touchdown guy. You know, so I think you may even be able to get him around to later. I've seen Gio Bernard going double-digit rounds. And he had a very good year last year. You know, Chris Thompson was having a fantastic season last year before he broke his leg. So I'm kind of interested in all these guys. But that being said, I probably don't want more than one on my team. Yeah, and um, no, no, you can't build a roster like that. So it's kind of like, are you more comfortable, George, getting two running backs in those first three rounds? Or can you say, you know what, I can come out these first three rounds with one running back and then grab me a Chris Thompson, uh, Tariq Cohen type, and then I got so much talent around them at other positions that, you know, the weeks they hit, I'm golden. The weeks they don't hit, I'm still in the conversation. Or do you just say, screw it, you know what, let me get two of the top backs and, 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 uh, and take it that way? I am generally a BPA guy, best player best available. Best player available, okay. That's generally the way I go. The only time I can ever tell you, generally we know what, what, what round we're, uh, where we're picking in the first round, that I can pretty much tell you who I'm taking. You know, you know, you know I lean towards the running backs, Corey. I've done enough of this. This is why you, you do mock drafts. You know, everybody should do mock drafts because you realize real quick, man, uh, if I don't take a running back, at least one running back in the first two rounds, I'm screwed. Because by round three, man, we're, we're picking up the carcass here. You, know, you certainly are. De- Once again, it's a LeSean it's McCoy. Like super flex leagues. Cause, right. Now you're looking at guys, everybody has warts. And listen, everybody has warts. There's only about, what, eight, ten running backs we can truly trust that we, we like. After that, you know, everybody's like, you, know, you make, mention McCoy. We can go on and on. Everybody. You know, he has competition, not the goal line guy. I mean, you look at so a team like the Detroit Lions, they have four running backs. Good luck trying to figure out what role anyone's playing there. And teams are going more towards that in this day and age. You know, so... To answer your question, I, I don't go in with a, a specific strategy, but I am going to lean towards the running backs where first three rounds I want. I do want to. I'd probably be a little disappointed if I didn't. But, you know, in round three, if I had a running back and a wide receiver already and, you know, Keenan Allen slipped around three or someone like that, I may not have a choice. I'm not going to pass up on a better player. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, this is an interesting scenario. You're in a 10-team PPR. You got the first pick. You know, you, are, you could take Antonio Brown at 1-1 and then come back and knock on that turn, being especially in a 10-team in a league. You can come back on that turn and get two solid wide, uh, dudes that are being wide receiver and running back one conversation right there, and you have the best wide receiver in fantasy. You, you brought up the, uh, probably the one exception to the rule, and that's a 10-team league. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, you get the best wide receiver – and you probably it's a PPR league, so you probably will be okay at twenty and twenty one taking a uh, De- I mean, uh, Devontae you know, Freeman, you, Jordan Howard. Uh, the Howard was one person I definitely was thinking about, uh, and Freeman would be somebody I'd probably be willing to roll the dice on as well. If I uh, one thing about Freeman, if I'm taking Freeman now, I'm almost certainly taking Tevin Coleman at some point during the draft. Yeah, because you, you know, know Freeman's going to miss too. He's not playing sixteen games. Mm-hmm. He's not playing 16 games, so I'm going to want to and, – and Coleman's good in his own right. It's not like he's just a pure handcuff. He's a guy you're drafting anyway, and that's the tricky part because if you want to make sure you get him, you, know, you really got to look at his ADPs. If his ADP says round eight, you probably want to make sure you get him around six mm-hmm. in case someone's going to jump the gun on that. And that's the only thing I don't like about that, but uh, I, lo- I, like the, I love the Falcons' offense, but I'm also a big believer. You said two games. You know, if I draft Freeman, uh, Corey, and he only misses two, I'm you're happy. happy guy. You're happy. You're happy. See, the, the, the concussions, are, they get longer. The, uh, two years ago, the concussion was a week. Then, then, two, then last year, the concussion were two, three weeks. You worry that the concussion this year is IR. That's where the worry That's comes general. in. If he's on the field for 14 games, he's going to overshoot his value. Oh, yeah. I, I think he's an easy running back one if he's on the field for 14 games. Obviously, This, yep. this, this Falcon offense is good. They have players all over the place. They're going to score a ton of points here. But uh, you mentioned it. Uh, they tend to last longer, and they tend you, you're more susceptible to them. Now, what is a running back? I, I know this, the new Goodell rule where you can't leave in your head. That, good luck with that. That's all going to be crap. No, he's going to. You, you can't teach him how to play ball differently. 
I mean, he's going to get hit in the head. He's going to hit the head every play just about. Mm-hmm. So good luck. I mean, really good luck. I There's no way I could see him playing 16. I would probably, if I was betting, I might go the over-under at 11. Yeah, there you go right there. Um, so um, that's how we uh, go ahead and, and break that down and shake that down when you look at, at that scenario with those running backs and wide receivers right there. Jordan Howard, um, to, to, to Tariq Cohen, excuse me, is um, I think he's going in the right spot. But when you talk about draft day, if you go bell cow and then hammer those wide receivers and he's sitting there in the fifth, man, you're taking a risk putting him in your starting lineup. I'll be 100% honest with you. Put him in your starting lineup every week to recon. It could very well play out, but then you could also have a gaping hole at your RB2. So, um, you know, everything falls differently on draft day, but you never know what you get with that situation right there with Tariq Cohen. But I would be willing to do it, but I w- it would not be my only strategy. That's how I would attack that one right there. Looking at some of these pieces on the Chicago Bears, Getting ready to um, end hour number one of the program. Coming up on hour number two. Continue to go through some news and notes from around the league as we get closer to training camp. And um, another story that happened this week. Uh, your boy, um, I don't know if it's your, I say your boy, I don't know if it's your guy or not, but uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Gucci Garoppolo, hanging out in Beverly Hills with a porn star. What do you think about that, George? Yeah, I got some controversy this week, right? Because, uh, what, former ESPN Britt McHenry came out and said he shouldn't be doing that. Once again, you know, Corey, remember back uh, in the 90s when they said Trachman was gay? Yeah. Do you remember that story that came out? I, I remember I that. I don't care. There you go. Okay. Remember not hearing too much about it in the 90s? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, they, different was Everything you do nowadays. Facebook, Instagram. Exactly. Snapchat. Everything you do nowadays is heard about. Yeah, but I, bottom line is, I don't know Jimmy personally. I'm not hanging out with the guy. You know, I'm not part of his family. I don't care who he's hanging out with. Good for him. You know, well, hell, our president can do it. Why can't uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, one's married and one's not. So uh, I said, bottom line is this. I just don't, as long as he, he performs on the field. If it affects his performance on the field, yeah, I care. But other than that, I don't really care who you're dating. I mean, what do you Man, suspect? Woman, a, a, a single NFL quarterback yeah. living in California, you know what I mean? What do, what do, what do you want to do? What, am I throw her out to bed? I, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, George? <laughs> I guess they want him to lock himself up in a, you know, in a church. Exactly. Uh, I, I don't, I, I said, I, I'm not saying if I was Garoppolo, I would have done this. I might have uh, thought it twice about this, being uh, you're all the quarterback for a team. I get that part. But I'm not going to criticize the man for it. I mean, porn stars are people, too. Maybe she's a really nice girl. Exactly. They could have went know? out for ice cream, and you know what I'm saying? He dropped off and gave her a hug, and then they went about their business. But I've known, you know, boy, for that probably didn't happen, though, George. I was married, I, <laughs> no, I doubt that happened. But I, I've known some strippers in my uh, in my life, you know. I, I've Good known for a few, you. Mm-hmm. And you know, I didn't say I did anything with them. I said I've known them. Okay. But, uh, some of them, uh, I mean, some of them are what you think and what the stereotype is. But some are also listen. It's just what they got into. They putting themselves through college. I mean, they, some of these girls were making uh, the money they were making. Like, oh my god. I can see where they got into this. And it was a short-term, I don't know if they, it, it remained a short-term thing, but they said it was a short-term thing and they'll move on with their life. Some of those you spots, know, so George, you look at, some of those spots, George, you look at the, the the customer's parking lot and the entertainer's parking lot, the cars in the entertainer's parking lot will blow your mind. Tell me about, I know these girls make a five, ten grand a night. Like, there what you go. the hell? What the hell? MC Football Frenzy in our number one. Gucci Garoppolo Rumble, young man Rumble. There ain't no problem with that. Britt McHenry, Every mind kind you, of fantasy. Mind your business, Britt McHenry. <laughs> we come back, hour number two, get a little bit more into these Chicago Bears uh, offensive pieces and some rest of the news from around the NFL. It's the Frenzy Weekend Edition.